Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. If you're watching online, I just wanted to say thank you for doing so. It means the world to us that you would do that. Uh, it means the world to us that you would, you know what, I'm hearing this in my spirit. If you're watching online and you would like, if you'll send us a message, we're going to send you uh, some sacrament. We're going to send you some a little cup with a cracker so you can receive Holy Communion just like we just did. So if you want to receive Holy Communion, uh, just send us a message and we'll do that. Can we give God a hand of praise for everybody watching? I'll say this though, if you're ever in College Station, if you're ever in Texas, come out to one of our services live. I promise we'll make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter number six, Matthew chapter six, starting a new series today calling Ships. Everybody say Ships. We're going to talk about navigating relationships God's way. God has a way. Uh, and if we can get involved with what God would ha- what God has already put in order, we can walk in things that are, we can walk in different levels that we typically do than what we typically see on planet earth. He's already established different processes and ways. So today we're going to be talking about getting our relationships in proper order. Somebody say order. Order is very important to God. The book of 1 Corinthians 14 talks about everything should be done decent and in order. If you get out of order with God, it doesn't mean that he's throwing you away or anything. It just means literally you can miss opportunity to walk in what God has established that may uh, uh, take you to the next level. And you say, well, where is God? The truth is God has established the process already. For instance, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are not a group of rules to keep you from having any fun. They are literally the recipe for the abundant life. And when you follow after the Ten Commandments, things begin to shift because you begin to put your life in order. For instance, if you decide to not be a liar from this point forward, your life is going to be better than if you lie the rest of your life. Does that make sense? If, if you decide to uh, keep God first place in your life, your life is going to be better than it would have been otherwise. Does that make sense? So I want to teach you an acronym. We're probably going to use it the rest of the month, but most of you are going to use it the rest of your life. It's GFE. Everybody say GFE. GFE. I want you to write this down. GFE. God. Family. Everybody else. If you can keep it that simple, you can keep your relationships in order in the eyes of God and walk in freedom that very few people walk in. Well, how, how, how much does it have to be off to affect what would happen? Let me tell you something. If you get in a boat from New York City and you decide that you're going to sail uh, to England, if you get 10 degrees off, you may hit Africa. Because you're not playing life for the short go. You're playing life for the long run. 
Does this make sense? Everybody say GFE. God, family. Let's all say it together. God, People are typically bound up when this gets out of order. Number one, keep God first place. Write it down if you're taking notes. Keep God first place. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first, somebody say first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek things, you will miss God. But if you seek God, you can have all the things. Seek God first. The scripture says, have no other gods before me. Have no idols before me. Well, you say, well, I don't worship any other gods. Let's talk about that for a minute. Anything that is created that takes more of your attention or specifically your passion than your relationship with God is an idol in your life. I'll just give some examples. Um, The television can become an idol in your life. If, If you are more passionate about not missing a show than you are about your relationship with the Lord. Jesus, take the wheel. It's going to get quiet for a few minutes. (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or your cell phone in general can become an idol in your life. How do you know if it's an idol? If your back just tweaked a little bit when I said that. (laughs) So what does that mean? It means we need to keep things in order. Because when things are in order, we have access to the blessed life. We ready? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to need at least one amen. Amen. Golf. (laughs) Hunting or fishing in the south. Up north, that's not the case. Does this make sense? Things that become an idol to you. Here's one, your career. Your business. Well, I thought God wants me blessed 100%. But seeking him first is how all the other things get added. Now, we're still going to be workhorses. We're going to be the hardest workers on the job. We're going to show up early. We're going to be there till the job's done. The boss doesn't have to turn around and look at us, wonder if we're stealing from the company. We're not stealing time. We're not stealing anything else. We work as unto the Lord. But at the exact same time, the reason that we're better at this is because we kept him first. Does this make sense? Number one, you got to keep God first, GFE. God has to be first place in your life. 
Well, 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 wait a minute. I thought, I thought I, I'm married. I thought, I thought I was supposed to be, you know, first place supposed to be my spouse. Let me tell you something. You can't be half the man or woman that God's called you to be if you don't put God first. You, your kids need to see you putting God first. Your kids need to hear that you put God first. Your children, your wife, your husband needs to know that you put God first. But let me explain something to you. God is not a weapon against your loved ones. So you can't sit there and say, well, you know what? I'll deal with you, but I just, you know what? I need to go and pray for 700 hours before I can talk to you. Let me tell you what you're going to do. They're going to be bitter about you and the God you say you serve. It's not an either or, it's God and all these things will be added unto you, but God has to be first place. Somebody say amen to that. You seek the kingdom. What's the kingdom? The kingdom is, is, is the body of Christ on planet earth as well as the kingdom of heaven that we will live in for all eternity. But you begin to seek it. You pursue it first. That means when the house of God, uh, when the doors are open, you're there. You're saying, hey, what's that Bible say? You're, you're praising God. You're worshiping God. You got your kids in kids church. You got these things going so that every facet of your life can indicate that what you say is actually true. God is first place in my life. We don't put, we don't put church on Sunday morning, you know, just out of happenstance. It is the first morning of the first day of every week. We are decisively saying you are first place in our life, God. We are giving you our very first. You seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else starts to fall in place like dominoes. Somebody say amen. Somebody say GFE. You got to keep God first. I mean, he's got to be first place. When bad news come, he's still got to be first place. When I, when I have good news, there's nobody I want to talk to more than Crystal on planet earth. That's because of the relationship that we have. You got to take that same understanding and begin to uh, uh, function in your relationship with God that way. When something good happens, you want to make sure that he knows, God, I thank you for that good thing coming in my life. You had to have orchestrated this whole thing. I could have never seen it coming. I was complaining about all this, but you caused all things to work together for my good. I am thanking you in the middle of this situation. I want you to know I'm grateful. You keep him first. Bad news come, you keep him first. Now, now prayer is not an opportunity for you to complain to heaven. Some people think prayer is the complaint box in heaven. Prayer is not the complaint box in heaven. Prayer is the opportunity for you to agree with what God says about your situation. And it activates your faith whereby moving the hand of God on your behalf. Bad news comes, you don't say, oh God. <laughs> oh Lord. I think Steve Harvey's not going to do family feud anymore. <laughs> his, his, his facial expressions are so funny and I just. Prayer is not your opportunity to complain to God. Prayer is your opportunity to speak in faith what God already said. Prayer is your opportunity for you to believe and to put into practice what that Bible says. That means the Bible says, when you pray, 
believe you receive what you ask and you shall have whatsoever you ask. That means you pray this way. You get a bad report. Lord, you know about this report. How do I know he knows about this report? Because he has numbered the very hairs on your head. There's no part of your life that shocks God. So literally, uh, uh, when you pray, you say, God, you know about this report, but I also know that there is a higher power involved in my situation. I hear this report. I see this report, but I stand on the report of the Lord by his stripes. I'm healed. I thank you. I receive it. Even now down in my bones, I feel victory rising on the inside of me. Thank you, Jesus, for a good report. Amen. That's prayer. Prayer is not a complaint session, complaining session. Name me one person that enjoys that. I'll tell you who enjoys it. Other complainers. You know who to call when you want to complain. You call the one who complained with you. You call a glass full individual, they'll get off the phone. Well, I just gonna take, man, I was down at the such and such and this happened and I was going to Kroger and somebody whooped into my parking spot and I had to go find another parking spot. So what you actually just said, let me just translate, you went grocery shopping. <laughs> Nobody wants to complain with you about somebody taking your parking spot. People, they, people treat prayer that way. They think it's how they get it. God, I just know. You're trying to teach me something with this hardship. The devil is a liar. The government is on Jesus' shoulders. I believe in Jesus' name. The adversary, the devil, is trying to stop you from getting everywhere God's called you to be. And when you decide to pray in faith instead of complain and whine, now all of a sudden things begin to shift in your life. Faith begins to build up in who you are. And it starts to flow. The Bible says, out of your belly it starts to flow rivers of living water. And I'm preaching myself happy. I was just going to teach this morning. But I'm starting to feel a preach coming on. Number one, you got to keep God first. Somebody say, keep God first. He has to be first place. He's not first place on good days, first place on bad days, and somewhere else in the middle. No, he's first place. God's got to be first place. That, that, means, that means everything, your entire being is dictated by who is God and who did he say I am. You keep God first place, all these things will be added unto you. Everybody say G-F-E. G-F-E. God. God. Family. Family. I can't wait to get to everybody else. Y'all are waiting to get to Who is everybody else? I'm going to tell you in just a minute. All right. God, family, everybody else. Number one, you got to keep God first. Number two, number two, family. Somebody say family. I want to define family for you. It starts with your household. All right? Let me calm down for a minute because I want to make sure this is real clear. Because we get this out of order and we live in disorder. And then we wonder why we're in disorder. We wonder why things are upside down. It's because people have access they shouldn't have in your life. Your family begins with your household. 
It begins with your household. There's a distinct difference between eternal and accessible. You will answer for things eternal, but a lot of people are paying more attention to what is accessible. Your family begins with your household. Secondly, your family is the body of Christ, specifically your church family. That means if everybody on this side of the church just look this way, (laughs) if you hear something about them, it's not for you to gossip about. It's for you to thank God that he is delivering them and to pray about. Now, just so we don't feel left out, everybody look this way. (laughs) You hear something, a challenge that they're going through. It's not your job to discuss the challenge. It's your job to call their name out in prayer from a victorious standpoint. I thank God that he is healing Billy in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I thought Billy got lung cancer because he smoked for 30 years. You know, that's just the way it is. Listen, I just want you to know, I don't care how Billy got lung cancer. I want Billy to be healed of lung cancer. And that's all I'm talking about with Jesus. Everybody in the middle, you're just in trouble. Family is your household. It begins with your household. Then it's the church family. Then it's the body of Christ globally, of course. But but I want to specifically just talk about your church family. Today is the first day of our life groups. If you if you have not joined a life group, stop by the table right after service. Uh, meet some of the leaders. Find a life group. You may have to uh, go to one or two and find out which one's the best fit for you based off of you know the the series of what's being taught or or, or whether or not they have childcare, don't have childcare, whatever the situation is. But but get yourself connected to your church family because when you can get connected to your church family, now all of a sudden the Bible says one puts a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight. Okay. So your, your immediate family, I'm getting somewhere. Number one, keep God first. GFE, everybody say GFE. GFE. We're talking about family now. Family is your household and family. The next level is, is, is the church family, the body of Christ. Then I'm going to give you another category. You ready? It's all comes underneath family. Family of choice. You might have been born into a family... And everybody's nuts. Is this too real? (laughs) And if you don't think everybody's nuts in your family, you're the crazy one. (laughs) All seriousness, okay? Can Can we be serious for just a few minutes? We're running out of time already. You may have some people that are blood related to you, marriage related to you, uh, or otherwise, that staunchly go against your values. They staunchly go against who you desire to be as a believer in Christ, as a follower of Christ. We are not throwing them into hell. We are not throwing them away or anything else. But... You might, see the Bible says there's nobody that gives up family for the kingdom's sake 
that he will not replace 100 fold in this life. Now, that doesn't mean if you like have a cousin that's crazy and you say, all right, I got to separate from this cousin that you're going to have a hundred new cousins show up. It means you'll have a relationship with somebody else that's a hundred times better than you've ever experienced. There really are people who will love you and not expect something out of you. Because the truth of it is, most of the times when it comes to relationships, our hearts are not broken because of what they did. Our hearts are broken because our expectations are missed. We put, we put expectations on somebody that could have never been met because we got GFE out of order. God will never let you down. Your family, generally speaking, and I'm talking about your immediate family, talking about the church family, talking about your family of choice, generally speaking, is going to try to not let you down. Everybody else will stomp on your heart and not even know it. But if we have it out of order, we're giving our secret things to the ease and not the GF. You see what I'm saying? So let's go back to family. Everybody say family. family. So your immediate family, you're responsible for that. Nobody is going to wake you up and say, okay, now be the dad you want to be. You got to choose to be the dad that you really want to be. Mom, nobody's going to tell you, okay, now's the time be the mom you want to be. You got to decide now that I'm going to be the mom and the wife, specifically the wife and the mom in that order, the wife and the mom that I want to be, that I, I would want, I would want, and, and it's super simple because sometimes in relationships with our spouse, there's, there's good times, bad times in the middle times. So you don't look at it necessarily there, you come to the place and you get to a place where you say, I want to be the best wife or the best husband that I can be for my spouse. That's true. But the easiest way to look at it that will never fail is to say, I want to be the kind of spouse that I would like my child married to. I have sons and daughters, a son and two daughters. Far as I know... So for me, I can look at my daughters and I can say, is how I'm speaking to Crystal, my wife, how I would want somebody speaking to my daughter. And now that can dictate what is acceptable in my home. My son, Crystal can look and say, am I talking to Brian the way I would want Somebody married to my son talking to my son. The reason this is the way to do it is because that's who you are to God. So when you speak to your wife hard, you are speaking harshly to your father's daughter. Does this make sense? Does this make sense, Pastor Matt? 
Glory. So it begins to establish your function and flow. First, God. Now my family. Inside the family, it's spouse, then kids. In, a, in an environment that is everybody's a Christian and everybody's trying to. There may be times and seasons where you know there's extenuating circumstances. Somebody's living crazy or whatever. Then you got to reorganize. But generally speaking, you can't be the mom or dad at the highest level that you should be because a part of what you're supposed to be is an example for them what a husband and wife looks like. So if you have the husband and wife thing messed up, sometimes it doesn't matter how good you're doing the mom and dad thing. Does this make sense? Wherever you are, you just start there. Everybody gets on the bus at a different stop, all right? Some of you, you know, raised in a Christian house and, you know, it's the only way we know to do it and that's how we're going to do it. Some of you, this is the first time you've ever heard anything like this, okay? But you begin to filter through how you talk to your spouse based off how you would want your offspring spoken to. How, how, do, how would you like them dealt with if, if they did something wrong? How would you like their spouse to deal with them. So if your spouse does something wrong, that's how you deal with your spouse. Deal with. Does this make sense? Everybody say GFE. God, family, everybody else. So family, it's your household, it's your church family, and it's your family of choice. The problem is, and I'm running out of time. The problem is, a lot of times we use what's, we, 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 we put more emphasis on what's accessible than what's eternal. Because what's eternal costs you everything, but what's accessible is right here, right now. Nobody in their right mind would rather have a McRib than you would have a prime, dry-aged ribeye cooked perfectly from your favorite steak restaurant. But the problem is the dry-aged ribeye has to be aged for a month. You've got to go home, take a shower, get dressed, drive to the restaurant, get reservations, sit down. Then you're talking about a two-hour situation just to have that meal, and it's going to cost you a lot more than the McRib. The McRib, though, is accessible. So a lot of times we turn into McDonald's in our relationships whenever we should be preparing the ribeye. Does this make sense? Eternal versus accessible. It's a shift. What you will answer for is how you deal with your household. You will answer for that. You will answer for how you deal with your church family. Oh, yeah. Now, what I mean by that is is there's levels that you can get to in God that you begin to forgive people before they do something to you. It's the freest place you can live, by the way. I already chose to forgive you before you did it, so whatever. But they, I need to make sure and set the record straight. I don't care about the record. But what if they think that? What, what if they think that? What if they do? What if they don't? I don't care. It does, and I don't mean that disrespectful. I just really don't care. I want to know that the eternal things in my life are in proper order. GFE. Because if, because if I start dealing with what's accessible, let me tell you what happens. I'm going to move on quickly because, but but for the sake of time, I just want you to know we got a lot more on this. It's going to be a very interesting month at New Heights Church, okay? We're going to go to, we're going to go to New Heights together. We really are. We're going to take our relationships. I don't want, I don't want to just be married and say, oh, we made it 60 years. 
I want to be skipping at 60 years, 70 years. And it's possible, y'all. I want my kids to never doubt how much Crystal and I love them, ever. There's not a relationship on planet Earth that should overtake your household family. And what happens is, is you start to give access to people and areas. You start to give access to people that didn't earn. They didn't earn the depth of that level of relationship. Like in business. Isn't it interesting how everybody has an opinion? I'll tell you what Apple should do with their phones. They should do this, 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 and this. Okay. (laughs) You know whose opinion matters? Those that have skin in the game. If we lose, do you lose? Stand right here, babe. If we lose, we lose. I'm not saying we don't seek counsel, but it's going to be wise counsel. It's going to be people that are invested in the kingdom of God that are following after this book. Because I need to know it would cost you something if we lose. Because if it doesn't cost you anything, everybody's flippant with their opinions. He should have never said that to you. She should have never said that to you. First off, you don't give somebody in the E category enough information that they could even say that to you. Sit down, please. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to move on real quick. Man, I wish I had just a little bit more time. Number three is everybody else. You're just going to have to... I may, I may extend this to Wednesday night. Everybody else. See, the scripture says, don't throw your pearls before swine. Because a pig doesn't recognize the value of a pearl. The pig recognizes the value of corn. I just want to eat. Before you know it, they will have consumed your pearl. Stomped it in the mud and not even knew. And what that means is is very different than going down to the jewelry store and getting a pearl. It costs you something, certainly. But when this Bible was written, if you wanted a pearl, you would have probably had to go get into a dugout canoe, row your way out into shark-infested waters, hold your breath, open your eyes in salty water, find you an oyster, take out your... Uh, flint knife pry it off of the barnacle take it up to the surface hoping that a shark doesn't bite you on the way up throw the oyster in the canoe get back in the canoe open the oyster accidentally stab your hand more than likely now you're bleeding everywhere you open it up and the oyster comes out the oyster still has to be polished and this is all before you can get back to the bank before you can get back to the beach in other words that pearl it nearly costs you your life. Nobody would take that pearl and go walk up to a pig and throw it in front of them. Well, when you get a new job, 
and there's a new person in the cubicle next to you and you decide that they're nice, they got a sweet disposition, let me tell them all my problems. They didn't earn that level of access into your life. You just met them. Well, let me tell you what you should do. And then here's the other side of it. They start talking to you about Susie or Billy on the other side of the business. You know, Billy went through the same stuff and I helped them with that too. And, you know, they just this, they just this. Well, first off, Gertrude, why are you talking to Billy about Billy's wife? Let me flip it. Well, that happened to Gertrude too. Well, first off, Billy, why are you talking to Gertrude about her husband? Why are you engaging in a conversation? Why are you casting pearls before somebody that did not earn that level of access in your life? You say, well, I don't think they talk about me. They just talk about Billy. They only talk about you when you're not around. If they talk about Billy, they're talking about you when you're not there. Because they're talking about Billy because he's not sitting there. I said GFE. We cast our pearls in front of people that didn't earn them. I'm not giving my, you can ask me any question you want. If I don't want to answer it, I'm not answering it. Because she deserves my pearls. You hear what I'm saying? Because if I lose all my pearls, guess who else loses all my pearls? She's earned that level of access. You don't give that level of access to people who have not tasted the tear stains on your pillow. You don't give that level of access to somebody who hasn't seen you broken before. My God, I'm preaching this morning. You don't give that level of access to everybody else. GFE. It's got to be in order. You get it out of order, your life will go to hell in a handbasket. And you'll try to figure out what's going on. And God's saying, if you just line this thing up, I can help you. But I can't deal with that when you keep running your mouth to everybody you meet. You sit down for five minutes and all of a sudden somebody's accessible. And you totally ruin what is eternal. Because they're just accessible. And the truth is, you shouldn't have been talking about relationships there anyway. And if I had time to teach, I'd teach you that your job is not the founding place that you're supposed to just go find all your relationships. Because what happens if you get another job? God's trying to promote you and you're sitting there. Now that's not saying never have a relationship with people at work. Don't get it twisted. But what I am saying is that's not the point of the relationship. That's not the point of the occupation, the profession, the career. That's not the point of it. The point of it is for you to get resources to help build your family and provide for the kingdom of God. That's the point of it. And then we start looking like our the person at the cubicle or the office next to us is Dr. Phil or Oprah. And all of a sudden, we can't figure it out. And they're not going to fund the divorce. You'll pick those pieces up. Now all of a sudden your husband or your wife is not even talking to you anymore. They're talking to the person that you're talking to through you. And you can't wait to get back to work. I come on tell I can't wait to tell her what he said. I can't wait to tell him what she said. If you're taking advice 
from somebody whose marriage is not better than yours, you are taking the wrong person's advice. Somebody say everybody else. Come on, stand to your feet. We got to get out of here. Nobody be able to park for the 11 o'clock service. Quick poll, quick poll. We're praying about adding another service. Obviously, we need to. Would you rather, I'm going to give you two options, so don't vote until you hear the two options. Option one would be if you said, man, you know what? If we added a service, I think I would rather go to church at one o'clock on a Sunday. So it'd be like 9 11 1. That's going to be one option. The second option would be like a 5 p.m. service on Sunday afternoon. And it would be the same thing. I would teach the same message. It wouldn't be a separate service. Nobody would say, hey, everybody should come, you know, uh, uh, twice kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you can if you want to, but you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be like a different service. So if you're here and you say, and you got to vote, okay, you have to vote. I know you like the nine o'clock. I like the nine o'clock. I'm here. Praise the Lord. Uh, but you said, man, I think I would prefer the one o'clock. Raise your hand. God bless you. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> okay. who? Well, you have to vote. Five o'clock. Okay, the one o'clock has it. Praise the Lord. All right. You still with me? Give me, give me, give me 60 seconds. It's got to be in order, y'all. Everybody say GFE. GFE. God family. Everybody else. That doesn't mean we hate. That doesn't mean that we don't include. And some people can be... Can, can be your family of choice for a season. Some people can be your family of choice for your whole life. But if they go nuts, they're not dragging us down. We're going to pray for them, but I'm not losing my kids because you went crazy. You went crazy. Right? Everybody else. So the access changes. Jesus had thousands of people that followed him, hundreds of people that would listen to his sermons. He had, he had uh, 12 people that he considered his disciples. He had three people that he took with him whenever there was going to be a, a manifestation of the Spirit. But there was only one that it said he loved. Levels of relationships. Somebody say GFE. That doesn't mean you... Listen, all right, don't, don't do this. Some of y'all are going to go on... on Facebook, when you get, when you get out of here and you're just going to send a message to, 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 to people, it's just going to say E. <laughs> Don't send people messages E. And then they're going to ask you, what do you mean? Be like, watch Pastor Brian's sermon. Ships. Don't do that. All right. Somebody say amen. Did you learn anything today? Give God a hand of praise. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.